If you're ready to revamp your summer wardrobe so that you are ready for the warm and sunny weather that is right around the corner, right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I absolutely love everything that is always recommended to me in my armoire closet, and then I get to pick what I actually want to be sent to me. I personally have loved using armoire to find my style again after having babies, after my body has changed so much. And one thing that I've really loved is finding a style of jeans that I like. I got these Madewell jeans in my last order, and I love the way they fit my body. And I also love knowing that I can feel good about sending them back and giving them another life with someone else who's renting them and I can try new things in my next shipment because I always do feel guilty if I'm constantly buying more and more to find the styles that I like and I might think that I'm going to return them but I typically end up not doing so even if I don't like them it's just a hassle to do so armoire really allows you to just rent clothing for any occasion and then send it back whenever you are done with it. Everything from a date night to a conference to even athletic clothes. Your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you for using armoire. Right now, my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month. And never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life is full. It's full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. Often we find ourselves going through the motions and we end up seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about changing the narrative, 
I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm no expert at living intentionally. I'm just here to share my personal learnings alongside stories from others about how we're learning to see the beauty in the mundane, celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives, and approach every aspect of them with intention. We'll talk about things like motherhood and family, reflecting and taking care of ourselves, our work, our homes, all the things that make up our days. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that our beautiful, hard, ordinary, mundane days, this messy life, it's full of good and it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Hi friend, welcome back to With Intention. I am so excited to be coming to you today with a Q&A, which I have not done in so long. So it was almost a year ago that my last Q&A was. And if you were listening along back then, then you remember that once a month, I brought on a once a month co-host who was Katherine Williams. And we talked through some questions that you all had together. And I'm excited that Katherine is finally back on the show today. I really have no explanation for why we haven't done a Q&A in so many months other than the pandemic and life. <laughs> life changed a lot since then. And we really did have to find an odd time to record to even get this done because our schedules really are opposite these days. So we recorded this early in the morning and it was so good to talk to Katherine and to answer your questions. This episode is really themed around how do I continue to be stuck at home and not lose my mind? A lot of the questions that you all asked kind of fell under that theme. And so I themed it as that. We talk about how we can make our homes our safe and comfortable space, move past burnout with cooking and homemaking when we're feeling sick of our home, how we can deal with the kids stuff that might feel like it's everywhere, being that we are just a little over a month after Christmas, how we can declutter with our kids at home with us. And we also talk about a much needed subject at the end. How can we move past or how can we beat the winter blues or maybe just survive them? That is what we're talking about today. I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump right in. Okay, I'm so excited to finally be doing a Q&A with Catherine again. Uh, we were just talking about this, but I think it was April of last year, like after everything went crazy um, and the pandemic started, that it was the last one we did until now. So it's been a while. So I just thought really quickly... Um, Catherine, if you want to just introduce yourself again, even though we've done a lot of these together, um, there's probably some new people here. So introduce yourself and then give us a life update. What looks different now um, than it did all the way almost a whole year ago? Yeah, well, um, again, my name is Catherine Williams. I have a very small space on the internet on Instagram. Um, where I talk about, I used to be mainly focused on minimalism. And since, I guess since the last time we talked, I've changed my handle name um, to the mill spouse manual. But basically, I'm a military spouse. Um, we're active duty. My son or my husband is a military pilot. Um, and so we've kind of moved all over the place. But throughout our time in the military, I've really found um, a lot of peace in making my home what I want it to be and focusing on contentment and decluttering and slow living and simple living. Um, 
and debt-free living, that sort of thing. And so um, I talk a lot about that and how it uh, manifests itself in, in my life in the military. Um, and I have a, a three-year-old son. And so he is home with me. I'm a stay-at-home mom full-time. So he's always with me. And we just, uh, you know, enjoy our life together doing things simply. And that's kind of what I talk about. Yeah. And I just love how like simple living really helps so many different people in different seasons, different types yeah. of lifestyles. And you, your husband recently had a deployment during part of the pandemic, right? So you he guys did, survived that's that. That's right. He, <laughs> he left, uh, oh, it's hard, even hard to remember. It was sometime in the fall. And I think he came back in November, but um, our deployments are pretty short compared to some, but yeah, we did definitely had had one during the pandemic, um, and this that was our third one, I believe, in three years. So we've been in a cycle of uh, I guess I've been in a cycle of solo parenting, and so that's been part of what I talk about on my Insta blog and how slow living and simple living um, makes it so much easier when you're by yourself and to parent and that sort of thing. But yeah, since the pandemic, um, we. We've just been home. Well, I'm home all the time. Um, and then my husband was gone. Um, so we, our life hasn't changed all that much because I'm so used to being by myself. But it, it has been interesting being home all the time um, and how that's affected how we live our day-to-day. So I'm sure as everybody else has felt, it's, it's been a long year. Yeah, I feel like it's been a long year already in 2021. And yeah. just because January is like the worst, longest month of the year, every year. It's so but hard. Just felt different, even worse this year. Not to be negative about it, because there today what we're going to talk about is kind of along the lines of how do we survive the rest of this? And um, specifically, like what you said, being in our homes more, um, cooking more, like, yeah, being surrounded by our kids stuff more than usual. Just, yeah, there's not as many opportunities for just escaping our house and going somewhere else and uh, allowing our kids to get their energy out, that type of thing that right. we used to be able to do, especially in the winter. It's, I know, so many people, like, based on the questions that we got, so many people are definitely getting burnt out of this. And so yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, how can I, how can I make it through this? So um, right. in a lighthearted way, like we're going to talk about our homes. We're going to talk about cooking a little bit and we're going to talk about kids stuff. Um, and then if we, if we have time, we'll talk about uh, a little bit deeper. I wanted to put the the question about the winter blues there that hopefully we'll get to just because um, yeah you have experience in mental health and I wanted to hear you speak to that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I guess I didn't put that in my intro, but yeah, my background's in uh, counseling. So a lot of these things um, that whenever I answer, I try to come from that perspective, but also my personal experience. So um, yeah, these are really good questions and I think all of us can relate to them a lot right now. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we will dig into them. Um, The first one, it's kind of like the first category we're going to talk about. uh, We have two questions that we're just going to talk about our homes. And the first one is kind of about homemaking. So 
the question said, I hope I'm not alone in getting tired of my home. And <laughs> no, you're not alone. The yeah, person totally. who asked this, um, she's just asking about some tips on cooking and general homemaking when she is feeling burnt out. So yeah. um, what, what have you felt that? And um, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Um, burnout is real. And for me, it, it happens. And I would say this is probably true for everybody, but it happens when we're just tired of constantly making decisions in our house. If you think about being home all the time, you're always thinking about what to clean up, what to cook, uh, you know, what to do with your kids and things like that. And so burnout comes really, really fast. Um, and I also know it comes for me when I'm not getting out of the house enough, obviously right now, cause we can't, um, and I'm just staring at my messes and I'm becoming resentful and almost like really discontent of the chores and the, and the cooking and things like that. So, um, I definitely relate to this feeling and I relate to it so much when my husband is gone because there's no other person picking up after every, after everyone or, um, able to help. So it's, it's really magnified, but, um, some of the things that have helped me for sure. Uh, the first one with it, when it comes to cooking, I like to do it in a way that's like takes the thinking out of it. And if I plan the same type of meal every week, like let's say you do taco Tuesday or you have spaghetti on Wednesdays, you can do variations of those and try new recipes, but you always know you have tacos on Tuesdays or you always know you have spaghetti. So um, I think one, one year we did breakfast for dinner, you know, things like that, and just try to switch things up. Um, but if you have a theme with your cooking each week, um, at least for a couple weeks, if you're until you're out of the rut or whatever, um, that's an easy way to do it. And it really takes the thinking out of it for you. So um, obviously you could do an Italian night, you could do Asian cooking, you could do uh, tacos, you can, the American food, whatever, or like one night you do frozen pizza, one night you call out for food or order in, whatever. We've done that that way where we do pretty much an easy meal on Friday nights and have a movie night. Um, so that's whether it's takeout or like I get something frozen or something cheap or whatever. So um, that's one way to do it. And then the other thing I was going to say is you take a few days or a week and just stop your routine. Um, let the house get messy and see what actually affects you the most. Because um, you'll find that maybe certain messes don't bother you as much as you had thought. Um, and then when you realize what really bothers you, you can reprioritize. Re and then you come up with your non-negotiables again. So while one week it might be having the dishes clean, you might be so exhausted by the end of the day that doing dishes is not your thing, but, but seeing the toys picked up will like help you. So sometimes just um, letting it get messy and then deciding on your non-negotiables. I think those non-negotiables make the biggest difference in how you feel and then how you build momentum in, in picking up your house again. Yeah, I think that is so good. And especially like the idea of just letting it be and relaxing a bit if you're getting burnt out, um, especially when it comes to the homemaking stuff. I am not the expert to talk about homemaking. My husband, I'm in the closet. My husband is like on the other side of the wall. He's probably like, 
who who is this talking about homemaking? Because <laughs> I'm just not a homemaker at all. But I mean, when it comes to you know, it, we together we manage <laughs> um, yes, same, the house, same. you know. And um, when it comes to like getting burnt out or just like a busy season or something like that, or whether if you're stuck in your home and you're like, if I have to clean up another thing, I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm it, you have to relax a little bit. And it's easy for me to say that because the mess doesn't bother me that much, but, um, you know, it, it can get to a certain point where it gets overwhelming if you do let it be, but you know, sometimes it's, it's just what has to happen. And once it gets to that overwhelming point, that's a good time to think through, okay, well, how can we manage this in a way that's less overwhelming? Like you said, um, look at the messes that, like, what's actually bothering you. But um, I think my main one for this is just, like, for cooking and homemaking in general is just reevaluating the current systems. Like, our laundry system isn't really working. That's one we need to reevaluate right now. We have needed to reevaluate a lot of things because our life changed a lot, and I went back to work this past fall. So, yeah. I think even if your life hasn't changed much, just like if that burnout is approaching, what can you change to take some things off of your plate or what can you, what can you just let go for like a week or two? Um, For me, when I feel burnt out cooking, which I just felt this way last week, can we just hire a personal chef, which is, I'm I'm never going to happen, but I just say that (laughs) sometimes I'm like, can you call the personal chef? Because I can't do it anymore. But if I try a new recipe or two during that time, or even try to find a new like recipe creator or person, like just something that even finding a new staple meal, like a new easy staple meal that I'm going to put into the schedule for the upcoming weeks, that always helps me. And then also, again, like if it possible, let go a little bit, allow yourself to have a couple of like super easy meals that week. We have super easy meals every week. But if you don't usually do that, like try to make it easier on yourself for a week or two until you can get out of that burnout place. Yeah. And even like with that, like, don't be afraid to try new devices to like get an Instapot or a Crock-Pot or an air fryer or something that maybe might excite you and, and also take the load off. Um, I know that I thrive so much on like no effort cooking in the winter because I just can't be bothered. I'm just like, it gets dark early and I feel like I get sluggish. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think those are definitely things. And with the cleaning too, like, don't be afraid to switch up with your uh, partner or whoever lives with you, like switch roles. Like maybe they do the things that you normally do for a little while and then you try what they do. And if you're like, wow, I really don't like these chores and you know that you're eager to go back to what you used to do. So um, switching roles in the house is always a good way to refresh and try something new and then figure out a better system, like you said. Yeah, for sure. I um, recently have given Gemma fake church chores. (laughs) (laughs) She she, like uses a water spray bottle and show and a rag and just like, she just like sprays down our walls and cabinets. It's the most ridiculous things that I never cleaned. So I mean, at least someone's doing it, but kind of watching her do it (laughs) makes me like, okay, let's, let's clean something. I don't know. It's so cute. She just goes in and grabs it and starts spraying everything down. But yeah, that's, um, 
That's kind of fun. Like, just make it fun if you can. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Owen has a little vacuum, a fake vacuum, whenever I pull out the vacuum, and he'll follow around with me. Of course, he's, like, in front of me trying to vacuum what I'm trying to vacuum. But, yeah, I know. But it's fun. We get no, it done. It's like, it makes it, it makes it take longer sometimes, but it's yes. worth it. Okay, so talking about the home a little bit more, I really like this question because this is what our homes need to be right now, but it just said um, tips for making your home your comfortable and safe space. I'll just start with this one really quickly. Um, I just have a few things that help us. So I think having a small part of your house, a corner, a room, whatever, that's like your happy space, Um, a place where you can focus, you can breathe, um, yes. If there's a space where you can, like, escape in your house, even um, not like you need to hide out from your family or anything, but it's okay to need to be alone for a few minutes. And I don't know, I we recently just rearranged our living room a little bit. So rearranging with coziness in mind or just, like, rearranging with le- the idea of less in mind. We had some toys in our living room. It just wasn't working out. It was not making our home feel like a comfortable space. And so yes, I still feel we, that. we put those um, into a different room and kind of made a little playroom space like half of with half of the office. And um, just that rearranging like made the home feel so much more uh, like a comfortable space and a space that is, I don't know, more of like, a refuge and a place you want to come home to. Um, Another thing too, that I think is so important when it comes to like your home being your comfortable space, your safe space. And I keep getting tripped up on the word safe because I'm like, I feel like I should talk about like emergency preparedness or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the person to talk about that. So I'm just going to like ignore that that keeps coming up in my head. But when it comes to like your comfortable space, um, I don't know, your space that's like your escape from the world. Yeah. Uh, The idea that I think if we're looking at so many other people's homes, like if we're always on Pinterest looking at what we can do next, or if we're always on Instagram seeing how other people's are decorating or how other people are decorating, then um, that's going to make us feel like our home is not enough. So don't Mm -hmm. worry about the trends, the home decor trends. Like they're always changing. How can you just like look at what you have and be grateful for it. Um, Focus on what you do have, focus on what you love about your home. And I think it becomes a space that you really appreciate, a space that you feel safe in. And then focusing on the people in your home as well. Um, And, and what happens within that space. And I think that also makes it like a comfy, cozy space when you're thinking of those things. That's so good. And I think when I read the question, when, when they said safe space, I was thinking like emotionally safe because sometimes our environments are so triggering. And especially right now in the winter, um, like the, the first question was asking like, you know, how do you not resent your home and, and be content in your home? And so I kind of took it that way, which it seems like you and you and I have the same things in mind. And it's so true when you focus on other people and you start serving other people and your spaces serve other people, it does something in your soul um, and it gives you better purpose and perspective. So that's a really good answer. So I kind of said similar things, but um, if you, if, since I've been on here, um, one of the things that I love in my home is to decorate. That's like, 
one of the things I talk about on my Insta blog is one of my favorite things. But one of the biggest things when you're trying to find something that's comfortable and, and safe in your home is, is determining your favorite decorating style. And this is one thing I have to say I've been really intentional about and not making sacrifices about the things that I like. Um, and you mentioned it, just getting off of Pinterest and stop looking at the trends. And I think that's so important because when I defined my style, I was less likely to be tempted by purchasing other things and um, letting letting other people dictate what comes in my home based on what's popular. And so um, I've said this before, your decorating style defining that and really honing in on it will make you feel like your home is your special space. Um, and so I love like traditional style and like old furniture and I'm basically a grandma, but I like, I like everything that is in that style. And so I don't ever pick anything that, that goes out of that. So nothing looks out of place. Um, and I'm not trying to be something I'm not. And so my, my home is a direct reflection of what I like and who I am. So, um, it might take you a little bit to find what that style is like, but, um, once you do, I think it, it, it prevents per unnecessary purchasing, which will keep your bank account safe. <laughs> and therefore you won't, um, feel guilty about what's in your space. Um, and it just, I don't know, I think it makes it feel really comfortable. Um, my other thing is when it comes to that, finding your, your color palette. I like neutrals. Neutrals to me are soothing and comfortable. Um, but someone else might like greens or blues or bright colors. You know, you need to find the colors and the textures and things like that, that really make you comfortable. So, um, I think that's really important. The other thing I was going to say is clutter really adds to our visual fatigue. Um, and so, when I decorate, I really don't over-decorate. I keep things and surfaces really minimal and clean um, so that I can easily dust them or whatever, but also it doesn't add to like the visual fatigue in my brain. Um, and then the other thing, and I've talked about this on my Insta blog, is when you're thinking about your home, use your five senses. Um, what do you want your house to smell like? Is it food, candles, essential oils? what colors, textures, pictures, what do you want to see in your home? What do you want to hear? Like, do you like silence or do you like music or do you, are you a person who feels comfortable with the TV on and, and that creates like company to you? Do you like a lot of noise? Um, what makes you happy to touch like blankets and cozy socks and fluffy pillows and, or do you like need your countertop smooth, things like that. Um, and then what do you want to taste? I always, I usually have like a, a bowl of candy out or something, or, um, you could always do fresh baked cookies or muffins on a cake stand. Um, or maybe you have like healthy snacks available or like a bowl of fruit. Um, so using your five senses as a baseline to make your home comfortable and safe is usually a great way to start because those things are so unique to you. Um, and they're not something that can be copied or replicated by something you see. It's just what makes you happy. And so that's kind of where I start. Yeah, I love that idea of looking at just who you are and what you like. Like even looking at if your home in your childhood or there or if there was somewhere that you went that felt like a safe space and a comfortable space for you. Why was that? what was it a lot of times it, it is the people that's around that are around us what else 
I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I want to take a quick break to thank today's sponsors making this show possible. Meal planning fatigue is real, and we were just talking about this on today's episode. If you're feeling meal planning fatigue as well, PrepDish is one of my favorite companies that will help you out with this. PrepDish is a meal planning service, and they send you an email with a meal plan, a grocery list, and prep ahead instructions every single week so that all of your meals are planned out and completely ready for the week. You can even choose from gluten-free, paleo, and keto options. It makes eating healthy so much easier, and the meals are also delicious. I love that there's no guesswork when it comes to actual mealtime each day because as a busy mom who works full-time, everyone, including myself sometimes, gets a little cranky around this time of day, and I know I'm not alone in this. But the last thing that I want to do is think up a meal idea from scratch. PrepDish takes away this guesswork, plus takes a bit of the workload of dinner time off your plate because you've already bulk made much of the meals by prepping at the beginning of the week. If you're looking to cook healthier meals for your family in the new year, but you also want to simplify the whole thing, definitely check out PrepDish. And the best part is that Allison, the founder, is offering listeners of, with intention, a two-week free trial, so you've got nothing to lose. Head to PrepDish.com slash with intention to try it out. That's PrepDish.com slash with intention to try it out. I also want to thank Public Goods. Public Goods is your one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food. They search the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. And I personally love their dental floss. Yes, I said dental floss. (laughs) And I don't like flossing my teeth, but I like knowing that I'm using floss without any weird ingredients. And I love the little reusable glass floss container that comes with it. On the opposite side of the spectrum, their cocoa almonds do not last more than a couple of days in my house. I love that they develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives that are still common on drugstore and grocery store shelves, and that sustainability is implemented into every aspect of their company. To make it even better, their membership model keeps costs low. You can make your first purchase with no obligation because With Intention listeners can try public goods and receive $15 off their first public goods order with no minimum purchase. Go to publicgoods.com intention or use code intention at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash intention to receive $15 off your first order. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Moving to a similar but different topic, we're going to talk about toys and decluttering a little bit. Um, I'm sure that this is a time where one, we just had Christmas a little over a month ago. And so clutter from that can still be Mm -hmm. living in our homes for sure. And two, we're surrounded by it, like we said, all the time right now. So um, we're going to talk about toys and just decluttering with kids for a few minutes here. So the first question that we got on this topic Um, was the idea of keeping toys intentional and organized with kids at different developmental stages. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a hard one. I feel like sometimes this is a battle you're not always going to win and accepting that reality um, will make it so much easier. And when I realized that my kids' messes are a sign that toys are getting played with and things are getting used and my kids being occupied, I really kind of let go a whole lot. I have a whole highlight on this um, because I think it's so important that we be mindful that messes aren't always um, a bad thing. 
And so when he has destroyed the playroom, I know that he's gotten into deep play. And to me, that is more important than how I style and organize toys. Obviously, it's important for us because we need our um, mental health to be okay. (laughs) And having a clean space is important to us, at least for me as a mom. Um, So with that being said, pick a space in your house that you're okay with the toys being messy. Um, If it's a room, a closet, um, a little corner of the room, there's a point where you're just going to have to let it be. And if it's if it's in a place that you're okay with it being messy, whether it's like out of sight for like, if you have company or whatever, um, or if it's just like a corner in your family room and it gets messy, get to the point where it's okay that if it lingers, you're going to, you're going to still be fine with it. Um, I think that's helped me a lot. We, in the Northeast, we have basements. So all of Owen's toys are in the basement. Um, and so I can like, close the door and not think about it. And that room can be trashed and it's fine. Obviously not everybody has that luxury. So, um, I, I made up a few tips, but one thing that's really helped us are clear bins with removable labels. Um, and for Owen, it teaches him where to put things away. So if I don't always get to it, he could do it on his own. Um, and then we're always, constantly rotating toys or decluttering them so whatever he's not playing with I try to pull out as much as I can um and I know it's hard because like you think that they might play with it and all those what if questions come through but um I just do it so often that he knows it's happening and he doesn't fight me on it so one of the biggest tips um that I can say is just like do it often and it won't be a big deal. And then organize everything that you're keeping in a way that helps you as the mom or the parent or whoever's listening um, or caretaking. There is so much focus on the kids and how like kids should, would want a, a space organized, if that makes sense, like such a big push on that. But kids will follow what works for you as the parent. So find an easy way to teach them to clean up and they will uphold what you teach them. And so they don't, they don't know how to organize toys. They don't know what they like. They don't know what would work best for them. You're the parent. They, they want to be shown what to do. And so if I have the space in a way that helps me clean up quickly, then I know it's going to help him because I can teach him exactly what I'm doing. So that's been a big thing for us. Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like we have maybe some similar systems here. Well, one, I wanted to address the idea of like different developmental stages. We both have um, on, like only childs right now. Yeah. Um, we don't have kids that are at different developmental stages in the same right. house. But I think that one of the biggest things is, like you said, decluttering often as kids grow because they do grow and change so quickly. Um, But you don't have to necessarily get rid of things if that doesn't feel right to, if you think they will play with it. You can just keep it out of the way or keep it in a box like up higher in a closet. You don't have to have a lot of space to be able to do that. Um, That's kind of one way to kind of address the idea of different developmental stages is you know, you don't have to get rid of everything. You can store a little bit away, but make sure it's things that you make sure it's not everything, I guess, because that can right. get overwhelming. Um, 
something I wanted to say about this is this is a huge struggle for us. We have an influx of stuff that just comes into our house all the time from family members. Having a system has been most important for us. So when it comes to Gemma, being that she's an only child, her toys are her thing. She plays with them so much. And especially lately, she plays on her own so well. So I don't want to discourage that. So she makes messes all over the house, like all day long. If she's home with me that day, I try to remind her at certain points, like, okay, let's put something away before we do the next thing. Kind of like you, we have realized that we need to be able to put it away at the end of the day without having to have it perfectly organized. So having those spaces for most of us, I think we can let mess be a little bit more once we realize that, okay, it's not that bad. If it does, if the the visual clutter of it does bother you, then I just love that tip that you had of just, okay, have it in a space where you can close the door behind you and it's okay that it is a mess. What about, what do you do? I know you talked about this a little bit already, just that you do declutter often and Owen is there with you when you do it. So I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of decluttering with kids. How do you declutter Mm -hmm. with your kids there, whether it is their stuff or not? What are some of your tips for actually getting it done? Yeah, it's, it's, and I'll say this, we are not perfect at this. I, it doesn't always happen well. Uh, I can't say that we, it, it goes well now for the majority of the time, but that doesn't mean we haven't had meltdowns over toys and things like that. Um, but I am okay with him watching me and seeing me do that because I think, um, it helps him detach from items and not be so um, engrossed in, I don't know, possessions, I guess. But obviously, I don't want to trigger him and think that I am just throwing out his toys and that um, things like that. So we, we keep a really open dialogue about um, and not in these words, because obviously I would make them way more simple for a child. But um like what it means for a life cycle of a possession. Like what does that mean in our home? And has we, have we outgrown it? Do we still love it? Um, do we, does it get used? Do we play with it? That sort of thing. And so we, we talk a lot about toys that are broken or like this is for babies now or whatever. And so we, we keep the language simple, but we always are talking about, oh, we should probably like, let's see what we can give to other people and so I have a box that's down in the basement in like the unfinished part and it's always like being filled with toys um and sometimes I'll bring it in and I'll just kind of start sorting through stuff um but because I'm always decluttering and I'm always around him when he's with his toys I know what gets used and what doesn't and so um I know I'm reaching for things that he probably won't notice or won't care about or is not attached to um, and so that is the benefit of constantly reevaluating your systems and, and looking at what works and what doesn't and then interacting with your child in that way is that it, it doesn't have to be a fight because you already know what their heart desires to play with. Um, and it's a lot less than you think. Um, mind you, we are the same way. We have a lot of family and we definitely get a, a, a big influx of toys, which I am grateful for and I'm thankful for. I really don't want to change that. I'm not going to dictate how that goes in our family. Um, And so I just deal with it how I see best um, in our home. And so um, when he's around, we'll just have open conversations. He's like, let's see, let's see things that we can get rid of or what's for babies. What have we outgrown? And sometimes we'll go, no, no, I don't want that. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll set it aside. 
and then I'll wait and see what happens. And then if it doesn't get used, I call it like the 90 day rule. I think that's most people know what that is, or I don't know who, um, I don't know who to credit for that coming up with that idea, but you could do 30 days, you could do 60 days, 90 days, whatever. If it's set aside, don't put it in like a clear bin or a clear bag, put it in like, like a dark bin, something that's not see-through or like a black bag or whatever, put it away. And then if they ask for it, you can pull it back out. But if they don't, then it just goes along with the stuff that you declutter. So there are like tricks, um, to kind of navigate some of that. But I have said this before on my Insta blog, if we don't make it a big deal, they don't make it a big deal. And the more we're dramatic and sentimental and torn about it, they're going to follow our lead. But if we're confident and say, no, you don't play with this anymore. Let's give it to someone who does or whatever, or we name somebody or like, will you help me wrap it up? We can give it to somebody else. Um, it just makes it less of a thing. And so I, I don't make it a big deal and he doesn't make it a big deal. Sometimes he has. I mean, there are times when I've been wrong and I've picked the wrong toy and he's like, no, we're not getting rid of that. And I just go with it. Um, so you just really have to watch your kid and what they, what they're doing with their toys because they will tell you like everything that they do is intentional. They kind of just are very, I don't know. It's the one thing they have control over in their little lives. So I think it's good to watch and let them kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. I think of the idea, the Montessori concept of follow yes. the child, you know, watch your child and see what, what they care about, what they're into and what they're not playing with. And, and you can then like organically kind of declutter from there. I think about the when of this when when mm -hmm. I saw this question because decluttering is not on the front of my mind of something I want to do. And so capitalize on your opportunities. Like if you're feeling that you need to declutter soon, if a space is getting cluttered, um, if their toys are feeling out of control, if they are playing on their own and, and if you need if you need to declutter while they're in the same space as you, like if, if you are not able to have help to kind of give yourself time and space to do this, then make it a routine and capitalize on the opportunities of when your kids are playing on their own to, to get it done. Um, or, you know, when they're not begging for your attention, when they're involved in something, when they're not going to be watching every move that you do. Um, at the same time, like I, I do. I declutter when she's in the same room. I try to start those conversations with her as well. Um, you know, both of our kids are three, so they're not like at the point where they're like, yes, I'm going to give my toys to someone else, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I will kind of say, oh, I, th I think this is broken. Um, I think we should get rid of it. Or, oh, Jem, we don't have all the pieces to this puzzle. We're going to get rid of it. And that's, you know, if that's true. When it comes to things that she is really attached to, like she's attached to her stuffed animals and she has so many. And so even though there are ones that she definitely doesn't play with, she won't just she won't let that it. go, you know? So yeah. some things I do, I'll put aside on my own. I'm not trying to like be sneaky about it or make her upset. And I don't want the trust as a parent and yeah. a child to, to be broken just because I felt like we needed one less stuffed animal, you know? So I don't take those things and like immediately trash them. If I feel like, okay, this is out of control, then I will place them in a bag, place them aside. Like you said, um, if she doesn't mention them within a couple of weeks, then I let go of them. But if she does, a lot of times my first thing to do is just say, like, I don't know where that went. 
And if she keeps mentioning it over and over, then I bring it back out for her. And everyone has a different way to do this. If you just, yeah. if you need to ruthlessly get rid of things, then do it. But these are just kind of what, what I do. But I think too, if you can declutter without kids, like if you can, yeah. if you can get help, like you can definitely do it with your kids. And I declutter most of the time. I do declutter with her there. But if you can, if you can have that space and time, if you can't ask for help, then then do that too. Whether it's just your spouse because you're not seeing anyone else during this like whole entire year. If there's anyone who you can ask for help, if you feel like a space is super cluttered and you want to be able to do that without like also tending to the 50 needs that your children are going to have during that time, then, yeah. then get help. That's like always my number one tip for that as well. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think we have to remember that this time is so short lived with all these toys. Like it really is a blink of an eye in, in their lifespan. And, you know, when we kind of accept that reality, I think it's so much easier to lean into it and find a process that works rather than just trying to survive it. Um, but making it fun and making it sweet and just relaxing about it. I think I've seen a lot of moms um, that are really good at this, um, especially on Instagram and things like that, but they are so good at surprising their kids with new spaces. Like they'll reorganize it and surprise them. Like you were saying, they'll declutter when they're asleep or gone or whatever and then they'll show the space to their kid in a new way. And it's just so cute because they'll show them, you know, give them like a tour of their new place. They'll set up mats or like different other things. And it's just so cute. They make it such a fun activity and something for them to look forward to rather than this like arduous task. Um, so I think that's really sweet when, when moms take it on as like, this is going to be something that we do that is going to be exciting. You know, it doesn't have to be this hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have two more questions and we're going to make them like rapid fire because I know okay. you have to go sometime soon. The first one is about beating the winter blues. Um, I think this question yeah. actually said beating the post holiday blues, but we are past that. And yeah. I think that those kind of linger into the rest of the winter. Yeah. But I'm just going to give two quick things that help me. And then I'm going to let you talk about this because you have actual education and professional experience <laughs> when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, I have experienced this really bad, like over the past few weeks or in the middle of January, like it was bad. So two things that I do is one, I try to remind myself why I'm feeling this way. Okay. It is temporary there's zero sun in the Pittsburgh yes. area during this time of year. And yeah. um, I try to remind myself like, okay, there's like actual biological reasons that this is happening. And then two, moving. Moving has helped me so much with my mental health just Aww. in general. And so yeah. moving my body, um, working out, that helps. And getting outside for a walk, even when it's cold. Oh my gosh, I took my dog for a walk in the Arctic tundra yesterday <laughs> for five minutes or 10 minutes. But it felt so good. And I try to focus on while I'm out there, like, okay, look at the sunset, like all the clouds. And then there's a little pink space because there's a sunset feeling the fresh air. Um, I try to tell myself like, Oh, the cold crisp air feels, feels really good. And remind myself that I, I need this. I need the fresh air. That's the same thing with the workout. Like, even if I don't want to do it, I do it in yeah. my cold garage. Like I tell myself I need this, <laughs> I need it for my mental health and it yeah. helps so much. Yeah. Those are really good. I, I, I'm definitely the same way. And I think this, we live in the Northeast. And so we just got hit with a huge snowstorm the last couple mm -hmm. of days. And so we've been inside anyway. So I'm feeling this a lot right at this moment. But um, 
you know, the, these months feel like the longest they are. The, it's the longest stretch from like, at least where we live January to like even the middle of March. Um, and you just dread it. And so one thing is that a lot of these things that we're saying do are like coping mechanisms. And if we are understanding that that's what they are, you have more inclination to um, seek them out. And so if you're making lists about what to do and things like that, that's like one really good tip is that these are coping mechanisms. And when you are um, intentional about getting through this time, realize that there are so many things that you can do and they have a name and they're, they're really good for helping specifically depression and anxiety that can just really spike during this time. Um, one thing I'm going to say, and this is like, I'm not a doctor. I am, I am not licensed as a therapist, but I have a master's in counseling. So I'm going to say taking care of your body is like the most important thing. And one thing that I've found um, lately, especially in this whole pandemic, and I have PCOS and Hashimoto's. Um, and so my vitamin D levels are really, really low. And so I have upped my supplements with vitamin D specifically, and I have noticed a huge change in my energy. Um, and because it's so dark out, you might not be getting that natural sunlight. And if you can't get outside or whatever, I'm going to suggest taking vitamin D, but please talk to your doctor about what is appropriate for your body, what would work. Um, I just think that I found it to be helpful. Um, so if there's a way you can incorporate vitamin D, there's a lot of different ways. There are drops. I have vitamin D, K3 drops um, that were recommended to me by another counselor. I take actual vitamin D. There's other supplements. Obviously, keeping yourself well. I feel like it's so easy to just linger with sinus infections and other germs and things like that, and it just makes the time feel so long. Um, so take care of your body. Drink lots of water. Um, we tend to dry out so much, so... Um, definitely take care of your body, eat good food. Um, it's going to change how your skin feels and all of that. So that's one way. Um, the other part is start a new routine that's made for inside activities. Like maybe you want to change up your morning routine and, and do something fun with your coffee, or maybe you want to change your night routine, something that helps you wind down more and gets better sleep. These are this, these months are so good for focusing on sleep because it's so much darker. And if you are doing well with your sleep, you're going to feel better during the day. And I have really struggled with sleep with both of my autoimmune disorders. It's very hard for me to sleep. So I do take melatonin at night. Um, but if that is not for you, then figure out something else that would get you to sleep. But um, your, I read this a long time ago when we were sleep training, Owen, that good days make for good nights and vice versa. And so when you are sleeping well, you will have a better day the next day. So as if you are taking care of yourself in those basic ways, the days will go a lot better. Um, so change up your routine. If there's something that you feel lacking, go for something like that. I've been reading a lot at night, and that has helped me so much. Um, and with that, reading, binge watch a movie or a TV series. I think there's always, it's always so fun in these months to get into something like that, like rewatch Harry Potter or watch Lord of the Rings or get into like the Avengers or a TV series. I mean, there's like a bajillion. Um, so I think getting into something that's like thematic like that makes you look forward to and makes the time pass. Like maybe it's every Friday night you watch this one show or you watch this one thing. I always think that's fun. Um, and this is, this other tip is super random <laughs> and, uh, Desiree can see me right now, but I love wearing beanies in the winter. 
inside with cozy socks and my bathrobe. For some reason, winter clothes like that just help me embrace what's happening in the environment. And I think, you know, obviously wearing a hat or whatever it is, something you look forward to putting on every day that makes you feel cute, cozy, and just, I don't know. It's just something extra that I just love. And I, right now I'm loving the Carhartt brand. If anybody wants to know what beanie I'm wearing, it's the Carhartt ones and they are amazing. And they're super trendy right now. And it's the one thing that I'm like, I love this trend. I will wear this thing forever. So that's my last little tip. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think like this winter more than ever is, is maybe the best winter to um, live through. If you like typically have to go to an office or something or for work, you might be working from home this winter and you yeah. get to just wear cozier clothes. I am so excited we got to do this and I hope that us talking about this, like it's always from our, our perspective and our tips. And of course, yeah. you know, it won't work for everyone, but just hopefully it gives you some ideas of how to continue to get through the rest of this um, weird season of life, this pandemic yeah. that we're all living through and, you know, hopefully it ends soon. But if not, we're all in it. You're not alone. <laughs> that's right. I think that's the biggest thing is that knowing we are all doing the same things together and the more we talk about it, the more normal it feels. And I'm glad we could go over these things because legitimately we are all in the same boat. Well, have a great day, Catherine. It was so fun to get to talk. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll do this again soon. So I know people have been wanting this to come back. So hopefully Aww. we'll get to do this again soon. I'm so glad. I hope you enjoyed today's Q&A episode. And I really hope to do these more often again. But as I like to end each episode with a takeaway, an action step, a challenge of sorts, today I just want to encourage you to choose one thing that kind of spoke to you most and make it into an action step for yourself. Maybe you are feeling burnt out from the constant hamster wheel of homemaking. And maybe it really spoke to you to just let mess be a little bit and see what actually bothers you. How can you kind of form that into an action step for yourself? Make a plan to get off the hamster wheel. Maybe you want to declutter a certain room in your house and you've been holding off because your kids are always home with you and you're just not able to find the right time. Make it into an action step for yourself that you are going to set a 20 or 30 minute timer the next time that you see your kids playing on their own, entertaining themselves, even if they're in the same room as you, and tackle as much as you can. Those are just two examples, but I want you to think of kind of what spoke to you most here and how you can form that into kind of a plan of action for yourself. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, if this episode spoke to you and you enjoyed it, could you share it with a friend or share it on Instagram? If you're liking the show in general, just sharing it with a friend is a huge way to invite new women into this community, which I am so appreciative of. I am so appreciative that you are tuning in and listening today. I'm glad you're here. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already so that the show comes right to your feed each week. And I can't wait to talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.